Well, hello everybody. I'm Del Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Ah, happy Friday, Del Shores. Yes, happy Friday to you. Oh. How is everybody? Hello, gather around. Gather around. Y'all come in. Let's talk. Let's let's just <clears throat> tell some stories and do a oh. virtual hug. Okay, calm down. <laughs> virtual hug just sing swing. kumbaya can we sing kumbaya at the end of the show you know i just if i never sang that song again in the whole rest of my life i'd be enough i'm yeah. between church and vacation bible schools and boy scout camps and i just we really did sing that song did y'all ever sing it only takes a spark to get a fire going uh -uh. Well, I ran out of breath. It was Ralph Carmichael. He was a Baylor grad that wrote that oh. song. Well, I wonder if anybody, old Baptist folks around my age, remembers that song. Pass it on. You want to uh -uh. pass it? Pass it on. Uh -uh. No, we sang songs like I am a C, I am a C-H, I am a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N. Just little church songs. Oh, I'm a Christian. Well, how's everybody? What we do is the LGBTQ news and nonsense here. Please share the broadcast with your friends. Say hi. Tell us how you are. I wanted to show you because there's drag race news. Look at my merch. Yes. Y'all, my Tamisha Iman merch came in the mail. I have to tell you, it's like, it's so camp. It's like, it's kind of bad and also wonderful because it is. I Look love it. Look at I, her. That's great. That's great. So, well, um, the because did you see? There is drag race news. They're y'all. They're doing like an international drag race Eurovision type contest. That's gonna be singing drag queens. Maybe there's not a lot of specifics about it yet. But it's yeah, gonna it's come like out. a singing competition. A singing. Co so I'm in. I'm there. It's gonna be on Paramount Plus which that's what CBS All Access is becoming. And Drag Race All-Star 6 is only going to stream on Paramount Plus and people are upset because you got to pay extra. Oh. But they also, they just finished shooting Drag Race Down Under. They just announced the, the host for Drag Race Espana. Uh, we are going to get so much Drag Race and I can't wait. Who is it? Who's the host in Espana? Who is it? Eladia Baldwin? No, okay. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. I think she's going to host the after show. <laughs> the, the Drag Race España after show with Ilaria Baldwin. That was good. That was quick, Dell. That, was, that quick. was that was real good. Uh, oh. But yes, Tamisha Iman also made sneakers, but I just decided that wasn't practical for my life. So. I know. Well, I love Latrice Royale because she sent me t-shirts. I actually wore one to hike today. Oh, please tell everybody what happened on your hike. I got lost. Emerson and I were supposed to, yeah, it's it's easy to get lost, y'all. In my defense, it's easy to get lost. <laughs> Shut up. So I, I get a text at 11, like right before 11, we're supposed to work and write and do things. I'm so sorry. I went on my hike and I got lost. So I, I, I was doing this rambling. If you don't watch my ramblings on Instagram, you should, and you should go like me and follow me right now. But I was doing this one. I so I I, I passed because I know I'm about past Dale Dickey's house, which is close to me. And then I go, oh, I'm just gonna go up this hill because I know this hill winds down right to where I need to 
drop off at the Hollywood Bowl right by my house. It did not. That heel did not drop. It wound right back to Dale Dickey's house. I, I was where I started. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to be so late to write with Emerson. I You had to watch. You had to look at me uh, unkempt. Uh, well, that's the way I look all the time. Y'all, I, I should take pictures of the way that I look to meet with Del Shores. I'm not kidding when I tell you that I only shave and like brush my hair to do this show. That's 80% of the reason we keep doing this show is because it makes me clean myself up. Good. Do you brush your teeth daily, though? Do you yeah. ever miss that? Of course. Wait, Matt said, Della, video of you finding a commode under a highway came across my newsfeed this afternoon. Yes. He I, loved it. And I love that you just used the word commode because that's uh -huh. what my, my mother always called it, the commode. Flush the commode. Flush mm -hmm. the commode. Go clean the commode. Toilet was such a dirt, was a dirtier word. No, you know, we say toilet, but toilet was like, you know, outdoors for the people like of my mom's generation, the toilet. Like, like a hole in a bucket? Like, an outdoor like an toilet. Outhouse? An outhouse, to an outdoor toilet, yeah. Toilet meant outhouse, like right yeah. out there, poop in that it's bucket like, and we'll use it to fertilize the fields. You know, my mother, she was, uh, she, she, had, she had risen above all that. <laughs> Rose above. Brent said, get her a compass. I know, I like, there's a compass on your cell phone. You know what I did? Okay, so here's what I do. I sometimes make myself get lost just to see if I can get back without using my cell phone. But today I really did, I, I, I had it all planned out. And of course, I don't know about, do you have a good sense of direction? No, I think everywhere I want to go is to the left. In the words of Beyonce, to the left, to the left, everywhere I want to go is in a box to the left. It's, I had to memorize, you know, east and west here by the four, and well, no, that's north and south, the 405, see how bad I am. But uh -huh. someone told me early on, the ocean is west and the mountains are east in Los Angeles. That's, my my dad would, he, you could drop him anywhere in the world and he'd go, yeah. there's west, there's a. Blake, like, like my directions, if I've seen a map, it's perfect. Cause I can see the map in my head and I know exactly what to do. But if you're just going somewhere, I might like pull left. I'd be one of those people lost in the forest walking in a giant circle to the left because people that are dominant tend to veer one direction, but it doesn't matter. I think we parked that way. We should go that way. Blake says often describes that he met me just wandering lost in a Walmart parking lot because my sense of direction is so bad. Well, we I have as funny as he does. So did you give us a rundown? Did I miss it? Oh, I thought I'd do it right now. We have a great show today. We're going to do the Equality Act. We did new drag race, transphobia from the House to the Senate and beyond. Lindsey Graham, vaccine fat shaming, that vegan teacher, Secretary Mayor Pete's airport proposal, potato head nonsense, and more. There you go. That's a good rundown. Um, uh, Danielle said, I had to learn directions when I got my pilot's license. It was kind of important for that. Yeah, I'd be the one in the clouds off to the left. I heard you can't really learn it. I heard it's in, in you or it's not. It's just in you or it's not. That, that oh, sounds yeah. I mean, you either have an innate sense of direction or not. Yes. Yeah. Well, I uh, don't. I don't. Rick said, after my evening pre-roll fatty, I'm lost in all directions. Yes, hey, I'm you know, sure. Get a little high and wander around. You're never lost. Just, just wandering around your own mind, which is just like a real bad neighborhood. Kelly um, Dell, Caroline gets that from you. Oh, that's it. You know what? I have to say something before we get into everything. Oh, I'm so I get sorry. 
I get to see Caroline Shores tonight. I'm so excited. My daughter is driving as we speak from San Francisco. She's vaccinated. I get to hug her for the first time in over a year. So I'm very excited. Yay. All right. Well, in the news, we're going to start off with the Equality Act because yay, it passed the House 224 to 206 with three Republicans joining. Now, y'all, we have been through this before. This is yay, but the House has passed it before. During the debate, though, Ralph Norman of South Carolina got up and asked this. My request is to allow a 30 second moment of silence for the passing of Rush Limbaugh, one of the greatest radio hosts ever, and make that as a formal request during the debate on the LGBTQ Equality Act. Tell everybody what you did this morning. Well, this morning I did an interview with the uh, student newspaper in Rush uh, Limbaugh's hometown, um, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And the first question she asked me, I felt kind of bad for her. She said, could you just give me a few words that in your mind describe Rush Limbaugh? And they had gotten me, they, they, they had seen me on Twitter, you know, cause I have that picture of me flipping off uh, Rush Limbaugh Boulevard in their hometown. So they thought this would be a good article. And so I said, bigoted asshole. And That'll she goes, oh. She's like, oh, we were on Zoom. They say, yep, you could have said that there in the House. But now it is on to the Senate, and we will need some Republicans at this point, right, to reach the 60-vote threshold that is required, or we will have to end the filibuster to start to pass the legislation Biden and Harris and this new administration has promised. It's concerning because some people that have supported it before, senators or not. Susan Collins has refused to co-sponsor it this time, even though she did in the past. And it's a little petty, but I get it, because HRC endorsed her opponent that I donated money to uh, in this Me past too. election. So it is a real issue uh, of what we're going to do in the Senate and being honest about what it is going to take to get this passed. Well, that's right. She 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 bailed on us with the Kavanaugh hearings, and that's why everybody turned on her. Uh, yeah, but, but she she loves to she loves to be concerned and then go ahead and act like a regular Republican Republican anyway. I think I've said this before on the show, but she to me truly is the Bernice from Designing Women of the Senate. Yes, you, she is, and you have that's accurate. Uh, and then so while this is happening over in the House. Marjorie Taylor Greene, as we have talked about, has become the face of bigotry in the House. And I think a lot of other Republicans are letting her stand up front and say the terrible things so they can nod along behind her. On Wednesday, she tried to stop the debate on the bill. She tried to adjourn for the day, just be like, we're done working. Then she tweeted, yes, I wanted to give Congress time to rethink destroying women's rights and women's sports and religious freedom before voting for the Equality Act. Well, her neighbor across the hall in the congressional offices is Marie Newman out of Illinois. And Marie shared a video and tweeted, our neighbor Marjorie Taylor Greene tried to block the Equality Act because she believes prohibiting discrimination against trans Americans is disgusting, immoral, and evil. Thought we'd put our transgender flag out so she can look at it every time she opens the door. Now what's important to know about this as well as they uh, do this, hold on, I have this photo so that you can see their offices. See, there's Marie Norman. Marie Norman's daughter is trans. So this issue is for her constituents, but also directly for her family. Marjorie couldn't be outdone. She put up her own video and said, our neighbor representative Marie Norman wants to pass the so-called Equality Act 
to destroy women's rights and religious freedoms. Thought we'd put up ours so she can look at it every time she opens the door. With this sign that says there are two genders, male and female, trust the science. So petty, trashy, and stupid, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And, and, and a, little, a little bit hypocritical since she doesn't trust the science on anything else. Right. Like you this know. one thing. Also, your science is still wrong. So destroy this quack science that you're trusting. So, all right. And then in, uh, some other, uh, I guess it could be trans and bigotry news. Uh, we had uh, the confirmation hearing of Dr. Rachel Levine. Uh, who's to be the assistant uh, secretary at the Department of Health and Human Resources. And Rand Paul, who I think is the most, I, I, he's becoming the most disgusting senator. He went on the transphobic rant. He compared- Over Ted Cruz? You think Rand is- I, I, This week, I think Rand Paul, I do. I mean, he. this was just awful to me. I, I watched it. He compared gender confirmation surgery to female- uh, genital mutilation, then attacked Levine on gender transition procedures for minors. After Rand Paul uh, said she supported uh, the, he said she supported the surgical destruction of minors genitalia. He then asked her, he said, Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life changing decision as changing one's sex? And she responded, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced uh, field with robust research and standards of care that have been developed. If I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender medicine. Translation, let me educate you, motherfucker. He also quoted the American College of Pediatrics, which sounds good, but wait, wait, you have to realize it's a small ultra conservative organization that the Southern Poverty Law Center considers anti LGBTQ uh, hate, hate group. So um, it was just, it was just so vile, just so well, and, and unnecessary. And at every angle, right? Because talking about female genital mutilation, he mentioned the World Health Organization. And what that is talking about is places where female genitalia is literally removed in non-medical situations. Uh, that is something that has been fought by the World Health Organization around the world. And translating that to having anything to do with trans healthcare, which is the decision that a trans person makes with their doctor, bottom surgery isn't recommended by any healthcare professional under the age of 18. So that's a lie there. Puberty blockers are prescribed specifically to give teens and prepubescent people with gender dysphoria the opportunity to wait to make the decision. Like it, they, and then it can be reversed once they stop. So at every point of this, he was fear mongering, flat out lying, and making ignorant. What? Ignorant. Ignorant. Well, I don't think it's ignorance. I think it's on purpose. Yeah, but it, 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 it's just disgusting. Um, so anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you're right. You're right. There's a, there are a lot of awful senators, but this week. I mean, it's know. a race to the bottom. Ted Cruz at CPAC literally yesterday or today making jokes about being in Cancun. Meanwhile, there were people in Texas who his constituents died during the weather that he like ran away from. I mean, right. it is a race to the bottom of that barrel. And, and then, he also said no minors are given GCS or hormones. 
they are given reversible puberty blockers, the same blockers that cis minors are given for precocious puberty when puberty starts uh, too early. So um, yeah, and, and it's, but it's to that what we're talking about, the fear mongering on this, using trans people uh, and the lack of information so many people and voters have on trans issues and trans healthcare to torpedo the Equality Act, we're going to see that keep happening as we move to the Senate discussion. Um, wait, this lands right. Where's Rand Paul's neighbor when we need him? I know. I, 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 I Leanne, and I love you. Thank you for your messages. I, I haven't answered you on um, Facebook and Instagram, but I, I cannot. I, I do not want to ever perpetuate violence, but. Oh my God! I think I I I've been so tempted to say something on Twitter, like saying, "Well, I sure understand what that where that neighbor's coming from," but I just can't because I know I'll just get slapped. You're like we don't. Well, I would put it this way: I am not I am not happy or sad that it happened. Okay, I'm not. I'm indifferent. I am. I am. I am whelmed. But after watching him, I can understand the urge to slap his curly head. Yeah. That also, his whole thing is being a libertarian, and it's such bullshit. The whole point of that is leave people alone, leave the government out of people's lives. You are responsible for the good and bad that happens to yourself. And these are individuals and people making healthcare decisions with their doctors. Leave them the fuck alone. Yeah. All right. Well, it continues um, in some positive things. Uh, Merrick Garland, you remember him? Uh, President Biden's attorney general nominee, and that should have been Supreme Court justice, had his confirmation hearings this week and definitely spoke in a way that should be positive for the Department of Justice's plan on trans issues. Cory Booker asked him about the epidemic of violent attacks on trans people, particularly women of color, and the need to protect trans children. Garland agreed, saying, it's clear to me that this kind of hateful activity has to stop. And yes, we need to put resources into it. These are hate crimes and it's the job of the Justice Department to stop this. That is active support and allyship from the department. And at the same time, the Biden administration, DOJ, did withdraw a statement of support that William Barr submitted on behalf of the Trump administration, supporting a case in Connecticut where the parents of three cis girls filed suit against several school districts and a state regulatory agency to ban trans girls from competition. So the Biden administration is pushing actively forward in support of trans people, not just neutral. The Connecticut Attorney General, William Tong, praised this action saying, transgender girls are girls and every woman and girl deserves protection against discrimination, period. And it really is that simple. But it's great to see the administration being active, like to undo the danger of the last, to demonstrate they will be proactive on this issue because we're gonna need it in the coming weeks and months. Um, this, this next story, I'm just going to read straight and, um, yeah, really straight. This is straight talk. Lindsey Graham went to Arizona and shot an awkward and angry video at the border with uh, Mexico at a section that had not yet been completed of Trump's border wall. He did a string of, oh, just angry, just hissy fit tweets about it. And at the Biden administration, uh, uh, just upset at the Biden administration because they had stopped construction on this particular part of the wall. But the problem is that he couldn't stop talking about the hole in awkward ways. And at the end, he declared, 
nothing around here makes any sense unless you plug this hole. Plug this hole. And without comment, here is a portion of that video, just so you can understand. There's Sugar Bridges. Sugar Bridges Graham. Oh, of course, now she wants to be ornery. She says, I'm just not going to buffer. I'm not. I refuse to buffer. Buffer, I just met her. I refuse. They are, ta they are talking about my hole. I mean, they're talking about plugging this hole. I'm going to try one more time because, y'all, it's too good. Uh, because I have said I have tried so hard to not use lazy uh, stereotypes about Lindsay. You know, it's not necessary. We've talked about it. But. Oh, here we go. You hear him? The Biden administration apparently there, yeah. decided to stop plugging this hole here. Stop plugging this hole here. As a result, the Border Patrol now is going to try to have a camera, people sitting up on that hill to watch them as they flow in. Uh huh. Would it make sense just to put this section of the wall together? What good comes from allowing this hole to continue to exist. We don't want this, this hole is here for a purpose. This hole is here for a purpose. People coming in our country legally, and you got a hole in the wall. Hole in the wall. And I'm going to make sure the Department of Homeland Security tells me why they're going to stop finishing this part of the wall. It makes no sense. Everything else around here no longer makes any sense. Here we go. Unless you plug this hole. Unless you plug this hole. Now, I feel like I'm back in fourth grade when I first learned that the word friction meant two objects rubbing together. And we went around for a week being like, ooh, friction. But like, sorry, you can't talk about a hole that much. <laughs> so as Ken said, that's going to take a pretty big plug. <laughs> well, you he needs to order those that you were talking about a couple of weeks ago on the show. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Say, look, maybe you could get a whole bunch of plugs for that hole, all shapes and sizes. Anyway, it was juvenile, and I just needed to share it with everybody because, hey, sir. I think that there should be a group, a, a group that just, with Lindsay just leading it, plug this hole. Plug this hole. Uh-huh. And look, that's not even homosexual. There are plenty of straight men that like their hole plugs. So it can certainly be about pegging. All right, then. I guess. Um, all right, this next thing, I wanted to chat about this because I saw this occur on the interweb. Y'all remember last year we had Todd Masterson on. He's a stand-up comedian. He's the genius behind Gay Fat Friend. Uh, yes, I love him. chatted with us about his Instagram account uh, pointing out uh, the comedy of a certain kind of white gay. Where is the... Oh, there it is. Uh, so I saw this from Todd on Instagram. He posted that a gay local news anchor in D.C. tweeted this tweet. I'm annoyed obese people of all ages get priority access before all essential workers. When most stayed home, we went into work every day last March, April, May, and every day since putting ourselves and loved ones at risk. Vaccinate all essential workers, then obese. They just volunteered, just shared this out on the internet 
uh, just the random thought he was having. And of course, as you can imagine, he was sort of obliterated for it. He was called out, he deleted it. Then he tweeted a very perfunctory apology after saying he didn't have time to argue with strangers on the internet. Some people did deep dives. It seemed he traveled quite a bit last year. Hawaii, California, West Virginia, New York uh, was broadcasting from home at the start of the pandemic. And TV news anchors are not considered essential workers in, dispute, in, uh, in DC, in Washington DC where he works. He's been suspended from his job pending further review. I don't really want to obsess on him so much as talk about like about the what made him feel like this was something he could say, right? The the blanket assumptions that exist in wider culture, but certainly are uh, significantly talked about and focused on within the gay male community. This idea that you know something about obese people based on looking at them. Whereas like, I'm a skinny person and you can't tell from looking at me that I haven't been to the gym in a year, but someone like him would make a judgment between a fat person standing next to me and me with no knowledge, no information whatsoever. Because to get all the way to like essential workers, then obese. First of all, there are fat essential workers. There are fat people that work in all kinds of industries. You know what I mean? Like the mindset here. Y'all have thoughts? Yeah, I read that. I, I saw the um, people were really calling him out, and because he had Instagram where he was traveling, and uh, you know, because I, I guess the big trigger was why we stayed at home, while we stayed at home, and then it just showed all of this travel that he did. Um, well, like at every level, like apparently he was working at home from a home from the beginning. But to me, the goal of being able to say. Uh, like regardless of what medical professionals have decided about the order of vaccines, that he has an opinion that gives less value to fat people. Like it's a value judgment based on incorrect assumptions. You know, the number of fat people that are healthier than I am could run longer or more flexible. We still make assumptions and it's so prevalent in our community. And it just seemed the privilege sort of of being a, like a hot white gay to be able to be like, Fat people to the back. Yeah. It's, anybody uh, else? Anybody have any thoughts on that? Bill Maher keeps hitting us with fat jokes too. You know, it's like, I, I, I always think about, for most of us in our community, at some point there was pain associated with our identity. And then we turn around and do that to other people. Mm. You know, it's one thing when like some moron straight guy whose life was easy, strolled through life is, but to think that, um, to not be aware of the the pain you would cause with that kind of like painting with a broad brush value judgment. Marshall said, it's kind of grade school to talk about looks. Come on, fat shaming, gay shaming, all that stuff should be left in grade school play yard, grow up. I just can't get over that like, he thinks you can rearrange the order of what medical professionals have decided or happened for whatever reason they say, you know? Right. It just like old people, they're close to dying. It's like what they was said in Texas last year. Sorry about grandma, but we want to live our lives. Rob, being overweight has caused my life to suffer a lot in life. And also the myriad reasons people are overweight or fat, you know, whether it's choice, health, thyroid conditions, you know. That's right. The 1B vaccine category isn't just weight. You had to have other health concerns as well. And even then it's after essential workers as it should be. Yeah, it also seemed like he was incorrect. 
in the Todd, I'm fat as three hogs and I haven't got my vaccination yet. Be like, but I just can't imagine talking about I, other people. I, I just, as three hogs? Three. Not two, Todd, three. to clarify, three. You know, three it's also the idea, you know, it's like what I love about Todd Masterson, about fat people that I know, that like the word fat is not inherently bad for lots of people who are, right? It's how, it's when it's slung as an insult, you know, I love Todd being a gay fat friend. I'm fat. I don't have a problem with that. You well, know? and he's turned it into comedic gold. I mean, he, he's, I, I go and just, if I want to get in a good mood, I just go to his Instagram and look at those pictures. I am obsessed. Yeah. Um, Nikki said, as a person of color who has been every size in the book, it's an obvious way to passive aggressively fat shame. Another form of bigotry. Yes. And you know and beauty standards and like we've def we've definitely talked a lot about that through with different people you know the myriad ways in which our culture is geared towards uh, a particular beauty standard and then but then to just be like then obese although i think it was todd or maybe it was sadie pines my friend is the drag queen who said they wanted t-shirts that said then obese <laughs> and, I, and i appreciate people that can laugh at something like that but the point of all this is that you shouldn't have to right you shouldn't have to find a way to laugh at someone else devaluing your literal existence. Some of the most judged people I've ever met are marginalized minorities, gay, Hispanic, people of color, women. I mean, I look at my own. I definitely went through the phase of like being mean to protect myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like we often do that. Right. Uh, Art said, don't be hog shaming. Oh. <laughs> no shame here. Jared, I've struggled with weight all my life. And for a lot of fat people, it's a mental health issue. A lot of us self-medicate with food. And there's myriad reasons, right? Rob, I used to weigh 513 pounds, now 329. Being overweight or gay is look bad in the gay community. And Matt, gay white male privilege at its finest. You know, and it really does boil down to that. Like those of us gay white cis men who within our community do often to the rest of the community what the wider world does to the LGBTQ community. Um, and Eric, I'm overweight and I also have leukemia. I have to wait till seniors frontline and teachers go first. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's compounding issues, but it's just, I mean, just it's just the grossness of it. That's sort of the-, the Hopefully it will, this in March, we will just see a big uptick in vaccines. We just got the Johnson & Johnson approved today. And uh, lots, lots of uh, hope in 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 the manufacturing and uh, and it's boy the it shot up and since this administration has co come into uh, play. So we're we're getting there, y'all. Hang, yes. hang tight. You. Did someone say biscuits and gravy? I got to get off here and fix dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Art, I I want you to know I'm not hog shaming. I just put out bacon so I could remember to put it in my green beans tonight. Yeah. So, uh, but my. All right. all right. Well, let's 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 have a little come and go update. Uh, yeah. Twitch, Twitch streamer Justin Moore, we talked about the other day uh, where he had the come and gay rights partnership with come and go. He I, my T-shirt has not arrived yet. Uh, well, I don't think the ship. I don't get anything that fast right now. I know, but I paid that FedEx extra. Oh, he, that's right. Twelve dollars. It was uh, twelve dollars. It should be here. Uh, he raised $26,930 in seven days for the Trevor Project. That's 2,693 shirts or tank tops at a $10 donation per shirt. He tweeted, y'all, I'm legit crying. I cannot thank you enough. 
for supporting this. Who knew a joke back in December would lead to all of this? And how cool is that? He raised 26,000, almost $27,000 for the Trevor Project. I know. I'm like, he sold $2,600 shirts and I get excited, excited when we have $40 in tips. <laughs> Speaking of tips, we've reached the halfway point of our show. And if you enjoy what we do here, the news or the nonsense, or hopefully both and the balance thereof, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. It is in the ticker below. And I kid, it's not obligated. It's not expected. We are grateful. Thank you to Zana, who already did today. Um, it's really impressive. I love that he used his platform in this joke. I mean, that's really amazing. And also, y'all are all going to get a bunch of cute shirts. Yes. The moment I get it, I'll wear it on the show. But it's not here yet. Now we're going to wait every week just for the fun it's been yeah. a couple of weeks it's been a couple of weeks right Can anybody else from the watching here order one and order the regular speed because what i want to know is how much faster you get it than they do i know that 8.95 i i spent extra and i didn't mean to i didn't mean to. it's sort of like getting lost today i just sometimes i'm just not you know my head's all over the place that's my head's all uh, i understand look you made it here. You got your shirt on the right way. I thought we're going to call that a win. So. Is it on right? Yeah, it looks good oh. to me. I love that sweater. Thank you. Uh, all right. I, I, it's funny. I saw the story when the first bit of it happened and didn't bother to add it to the show, but I decided I would now. Meet that vegan teacher, Katie Karen Diekmeyer. It was a TikToker named That Vegan Teacher with 1.7 million followers. Now, a petition of over 20,000 signatures were called to remove her for being racist, bigoted to people under 18, LGBTQ people, persons with disabilities, black people, various religions, and more. She must have offended everyone. But the one I noticed, in a since deleted TikTok, a user commented, coming out as vegan is not as special as coming out as gay lesbian. I'm a lesbian myself. Vegan is a diet, not sexuality. I mean, that makes sense, right? Well, she made a whole video to respond saying, you are absolutely wrong. Coming out as a vegan animal rights activist, as someone who cares beyond themselves, is much more special than it is to come out as a member of the LGBTQ community. Coming out as a member of the LGBTQ community is an entirely selfish act. It's talking about you only. It's not talking about the things you're going to do to better the world. Coming out as an animal rights activist is talking about the animals, others, not just you. In fact, it is a completely unselfish thing to do. Well, TikTok bander. She uploaded a 20-minute rant about censorship to YouTube, and apparently a backup account called That Holocaust Teacher, which she used to compare eating meat to the Holocaust, was also banned. Bless her. I mean, here's the thing. It's just the strangest thing to compare these two things at all, right? Like, what a weird thing to say. It's just a selfish thing to do. I mean, ma'am, there are still far too many places in the world where coming out as LGBTQ is dangerous. So I don't think selfish is the word that you want to use to describe that dangerous and therefore brave act for many people. But to like make it about being selfish, you know, it's a little bit like making the animals more important than the people rather than equal, you know? Well, I mean, it's, it's, she sounds like fun. Yes. <laughs> she, I just like that she compared eating meat to the Holocaust. Like, 
why do people go there? It's it is a, it is an aggressive extra. Look, we all know that like comparing anything to the Holocaust is fraught. It becomes you, there's danger of anti-Semitism. You know, it's fraught with so much uh, history. Um, but to ele escalate and elevate, I absolutely understand the passion, uh, particularly vegan people have for the rights and treatment of animals on our planet. And I think that's really important conversations, but you're just not ever going to convince me that they're completely equal to people. I keep forgetting what it's vegetarian versus vegan because my daughter who's coming in is vegan. And I was like, well, you can eat eggs. No, no, dad, I cannot eat eggs unless you're going to have like raise them there and, and treat them nicely. And I thought, well, I guess I could get a couple of hens and put them on the patio. I, I have a feeling the dogs would bark a lot. Oh, please do get you some hens. And just put a little, a little, just like white trash. Yes, right have up some here. Out on that balcony, just cluck, 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 and pick a little, talk a little, cheap, 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 talk a lot, yep. make a little more. Well, I, I had a, I had a, a vision that Melissa next door would go, Dale, one of your chickens is over here in my yard again. It's flown over uh, your balcony. Yes. That well, that French show that Blake and I become obsessed with, Escape to the Chateau, about this British couple that bought a forty-five room chateau in the French countryside and they've been redoing it for five years. They have like chickens and geese and they wander around. And I'm like, oh, that'd be nice if you had the yard. Yeah, I would have having some chickens. My daddy always had chickens. It, it was a little bit, you know, scary when it, he decided to wring their necks for dinner, but you know. Yeah. Uh -huh. I could skip that part. Xana said my scariest coming out was as a soap fan. I lose a hundred friends on Facebook every time I mention all my children in one life to live. <laughs> I mean, Zana, we all have our crosses to bear. That's just awful. You bless your heart that you had to go through that. All right. It's an hourglass. So. Okay. We, well, Mayor Pete's back in the news on late night uh, with Seth Meyers. I uh, talked about his first Oval Office meeting via video and how excited Biden gets when talking about trains. Uh, he also said he, he proposed to Chaston at Chicago's O'Hare Airport. Now that's a good airport, I have to admit. You could, yeah, I mean, there's so many stores there. You could, I, I got stuck there one Christmas. I went Christmas shopping. Just there's, I know, it's like a whole city. It's, it's like a mall. It's like that's a mall. Forever to get anywhere. So he specifically proposed at Terminal B5. Bingo. <laughs> he chose it because that's where uh, Chaston uh, was when they first connected on Hinge and. 2015. Uh, when they went through uh, through on a vacation together in 2017, he says, I kind of guided, guided him to that spot. I was like, why don't you show me that spot where uh, you first were when we started chatting with each other? I invited him to look out the window and, and there, then I got on one knee. I told him it would be a lot like being in the airport. Uh, life with me would probably uh, hard to steal private moments, but also full of adventure. Uh, and uh, luckily he said, yes. Uh, he said he also found an app. I found this so interesting to check when the gate would be quiet based on the planes that were coming and going. I mean, I, if this doesn't describe a man meant to run trains across the country, like that he found an app to figure out when the gate would be sort of quiet for them to have a private moment. And also that he thought an airport proposed, like, we met, if I was at an airport, I'd be like, oh, I love that you remember that. You need to pick a better place. You go, now, where did you go after that? Right. Yeah. Did you go on a plane or did you just, did he have to buy plane tickets? 
to get because you know this isn't like when I was a kid and you could run up to the gate to watch everybody's plane go off. That's you right. Have to get security to get to gate B five. Did he buy plane tickets to? Oh no, it's in in the story. They were going on vacation. Yeah, it said they were going on vacation. You just, you just let me run on like I already forgot what you Well, did. I just wanted to show everybody that I wasn't always the one that was just nope, in the right. You weren't listening off. and you caught it when I caught it. <laughs> well, but I do. It's adorable. And so like the policy wonk who gets excited about the sewer system and trains, it just seemed exactly correct. But I love that Chaston remembered our first text was right there because I can see the chair I was sitting at at the commune the first time Blake liked a bunch of photos on my Instagram. I can remember. I remember where I was sitting. Oh, in that space. I will not be proposing in that spot. That's it's so been, cute. It was torn down. It was condemned. <laughs> it was, oh, yes. yours. I drive by it all the time. It's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. It wasn't condemned, but somebody did bought it. So that house uh, no longer exists. That house that I live, I don't think we've ever talked about on the show. Well, so that's another day. That's it's, another day. It was time, Emerson. It was time they tore that piece of shit house down. That was, hey, how, you never went inside. You don't know. It wasn't, I wasn't invited. You weren't allowed. It was the rules of the house. You couldn't have guests past the threshold. I, I picked you up many a time on that couch on the porch. Yeah. You're like just sitting on the porch. Um, all right. In other interesting news about our community. Uh, a new study was released. There's a new Gallup poll where they uh, they asked questions of 15,000 people. It has some new stats about our community makeup in the country. Now, LGBTQ people make up 5.6% of the population. That's up over 1.1 from the last time. You know that one in 10 figure people say all the time? That wasn't ever really based on like a really good study. Um, and... Oh over half identify as bisexual, 24.5% gay, 11.7% lesbian, 11.3% trans. So that means if you look at it in the larger American culture, 0.6% of Americans identify as trans, 0.7% as lesbian, 1.4% as gay, and 3.1% as bi. Now, one in six of Gen Z identify as something other than hetero, and of the Gen Z group, nearly three quarters identify as bi. Only 1.7% of Republicans identifies LGBTQ. Um, <laughs> I liked that particular piece. That's my favorite stat of the whole thing. Yes. Um, and what I found really interesting was that I think speaks to generational changes and visibility, right? That there's the largest percentage among uh, Gen Z, which makes sense. It's become more normalized. Uh, there began to be this interesting conversation, weird, from like some gay people and then some ridiculous conservatives about why the growth, particularly among trans and bi people. There's this awful, if you've never encountered him, uh, consider yourself lucky, but Matt Walsh is one of the big conservative commentarians. And he said the number of kids who identify as LGBT, especially trans and bisexual, has absolutely skyrocketed. If you think this is natural or organic development, you're deluded. The media, Hollywood, and the school system actively recruit children into the LGBT ranks. Now, obviously, that's nonsense. We all know it is. I think it's fascinating that it, it seems very obvious to me that the growth in understanding trans people and acceptance of trans people, visibility of trans people, has made trans people more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And same thing with bi people, because it, it, it also said 
one in 10 bi-oriented people, only one in 10 bi-oriented people is in a same-sex relationship. That makes sense when we're less than 10% of the population, but more bi people in opposite sex relationships likely feel comfortable identifying as that, whereas historically they would have been like, it's not worth telling people since my relationship, it doesn't matter in public. Does that make right. sense? Yes, it does make sense. Perfect. Uh, John said, recruit, I never got my toaster. Y'all, I'm sorry. I'm just not willing to work a shift recruiting. I know it's it's so stupid. But I was I was I was thinking about this story, Emerson, because it, it was wasn't it when I did six characters? I said four point eight percent in the latest study. So it has really gone up. That's a, yeah. that's a huge. It is a notable growth. Yeah, um, and and really important. And I do think. It's so funny, they think of it as recruiting, whereas Hollywood visibility, educational discussions, just make our community and who we are and how we live and how we love seem normalized in our culture so that young people feel more comfortable understanding themselves in that way and being able to put names to it. I've actually seen a lot of young people also that may have been by in this study, identifying as pan in order to say like, I'm, I'm interested in and welcoming to everyone in my yeah. interest. Um, a lot of time in the young men. The young would, you, would, you, would you work a shift out front of the like, I don't know, Creighton Barrel at the Sunset Plaza? To recruit for gang? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. What, based on their walk? I mean, I know, what? like, how do we decide? It's See, like, I'd be the problem. Oh, you, come over, get over here. Get over you, here. You would be the judgiest recruiter. Oh, oh no, we don't want that one. Uh, not that no, one. Oh, you, 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 come here, come here, come here. Let me talk to you. Have you ever considered that the fact that your belt matches your socks ought to mean something? I saw you staring at that woman's shoes. That uh, just rampant stereotyping. Yes. I, just, I could barely sell Boy Scout tickets as a kid. I certainly couldn't sell homosexuality to somebody that didn't want it. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. No, ma'am. All right. <laughs> Dan, wait, Danielle's pitch. You too can be cast out of your family, church, social circles, fired, <laughs> fired from your job. Come on over. Welcome. The yes, yes. Yes. It's just a, a few. With six, you get egg rolls. <laughs> oh, y'all are entertaining me today. You know, and, and, and maybe it'd be like when you sell the uh, world famous chocolates, the more you recruit, like you get these, uh, you get like a TV. Okay. Can I tell you, world famous chocolates, I never sold one. When I played on the baseball team, don't laugh. I would just bring the box, it's the world world's finest home, and I just ate them all and had to pay for it with my allowance. Oh, wow. I would eat the Reese's, the peanut butter cups like in two days, and then I would eat the chocolate with almonds next, and I would try to sell the plain chocolate to my brothers because I didn't like that one. We did it for band, and I, I came in third one year, and I think I got a tape recorder. Uh, <laughs> where I, that where was the I, start I, of your reporter. No, it was. It was. Oh, it wasn't even that good. It was those kind that you know had the the cassette that flipped up. That's how I practiced my my talk so that I wouldn't sound gay. Of course you did. And and I I recorded Casey Kasem and the top forty. Um, yeah. All right. Well, David uh, Pendery put up a a pride flag in his Colorado subdivision. And uh, they sent him a letter telling him it was against their rules, even though other houses in the neighborhood fly flags. So he flew the flag last year with a permit that expired in December. If he's in violation of the rules, the subdivision does have the power to impose fines 
place a lien on his home for Florida flag. So he refused to uh, get another permit and instead slapped him with a lawsuit. Said, I'm a gay man with a family here. What's wrong with flying a pride flag? I've never lived in a neighborhood where that was an issue before. The subdivision also didn't like a sign that he had up that read, in this house, we believe black lives matter. Women's rights are human rights. No human is illegal. Science is real. Love is love. Kindness is everything. He said, we love the neighborhood. We love the makeup of it. Great mountain views. But it's incredibly disheartening that the governing body whose primary responsibility is to protect residents' investments instead choose to focus its limited resources on violating our rights to free speech. Michael put it best. Homeowners associations are operated by Karens. I so fucking agree. I had a little issue with mine in Palm Springs. and um, A little? I, yeah. They, they got my mouth. Uh, <laughs> oh. Someday I'll tell that story publicly, but right now I just feel a little vulnerable. <laughs> a little soon. Um, wait until somebody dies off that board. Uh, but also just this, you know, that they disapproved of the sign as well. It's like, I could buy somebody thinking a rainbow is tacky, but when the sign says people aren't illegal and we think gay rights are human rights and y'all don't like that either, it starts to tell me something else. Well, they, you know, they probably, there were probably some things they liked in that list, but they, you know, there was probably some, oh uh, no, uh, uh, blue lives matter. All uh -huh. lives matter. All that bullshit that we right. Like they're not misogynist, but they are racist. But they're not homophobic, but they are transphobic. You know, it's so hard. It's hard to get the. So I love that he was like, "No, I'm not applying for another permit. We're suing your ass." Thanks, my neighborhood. I can just see him stomping down the driveway. Mud. You know, it's Susan over on that street over there. I see him walking down the street waving that flag. Just two of them. Look at me. I'm a flagger. <laughs> uh, all right did y'all see this thing that happened yesterday everybody got all upset about mr potato head <laughs> announced that they were going to release a gender neutral potato head that will be part of a new play set in the fall so that kids can create families that reflect their own a mom and a dad two moms two dads i bet it that remember three dads and a baby three dads if you want Everybody got so upset. There was a big kerfuffle about Potato Head losing his title, the mister of it all. Um, and then they had to come out in the afternoon and clarify that Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head aren't going anywhere. They will still be sold under the Potato Head brand. But y'all, like, getting that deep on Mr. Potato Head and then he needed to call him mister? What I remember from playing with Mr. Potato Head as a child is that I, it was entertaining for, like, 20 seconds while I put, like, the ear and the mouth hole and the lips on the top of the head and you literally pulled open his butt and stuck things in it. <laughs> this toy was for little gays. <laughs> you stored his extra face pieces in his butt. I would just like to remind that, everyone. That's true, you did. You did, his butt was a storage area. His butt got more action than, than most like, people's in the last year. It was like, a, you know, gay men and drug addicts. <laughs> smuggling, smuggling. <laughs> drug mules you know they stuff a, th those balloons of heroin don't you remember that story i told uh -huh. in one of my shows that woman uh -huh. that stuffed all those balloons of heroin up her ass uh-huh uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. be like 
But I'm just thinking, I don't know that a paragon of masculinity is a potato that didn't come with a penis or a vagina anyway. Oh, it was I, a vagina. She had stuffed him up her vagina, not her ass. I'm sorry. I got the butt has been done as well. Uh, but that the, the, you know these people looked at little Timmy. They were like, Dylan, you cannot put the ear in the mouth hole. What if the neighbors see? Like, <laughs> but people head. are, they're losing their minds over stupid. I'm sure the, you know, the hundred and... Uh, thousand uh, the, who, who claim to be one million moms, they, 100,006, 100, I think, was last time we counted. I, oh, bet yeah. I bet they're all upset over the Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Absolutely. Rick LeBlanc just said this, and I did not know, uh, that the original toy, you used your own vegetables. Like, they just sent you the pieces, and you had to provide the potato. Oh. Or you could use any other vegetable. I learned something new. That's not a, but that would be not a good toy for poor people who needed to eat potatoes. Well, you got to save that one potato, eat it last. And they say, because then she'd have, mama would have to dig out the little, the little brown spots where you stuck in the nose. That's right. It's like you ruined it. Be like, no, stop using the potatoes. We're making french fries tonight. You can use that beet. Mr. Beet <laughs> head doesn't have the same ring to it. No. So, all right. Well, we have the Golden Globes on Sunday night. I always love a good awards show. And they're hosted by Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Uh, Satchel Lee, the daughter of director Spike Lee, will make history as the first out queer Golden Globes ambassador. She and her brother, Jackson, will assist with duties. And the foreign uh, Hollywood Foreign Press will donate $25,000 on her behalf to a Kalen Lord, a New York based organization helping the queer community with health care. Uh, Satchel said, I chose Kalen Lord because I am a New Yorker. I wanted to do something that was around health care and I wanted to do something centering around the queer community. Kalen Lord does amazing work. They provide uh, full comprehensive uh, health care to over 18,000 patients a year. And that's done regardless of their ability to pay. So good going, Satchel Lee. I know. I love that. And I mean, not surprising given who her father is, that she would be socially conscious and uh, and focused on organizations. But I love that she's the first out one ever. Yes. Are you, are you ex is everybody excited for the Globes? I am. I guess I need to 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 look at. I always look at my movies that I haven't watched and go, "Oh, I better watch this one because it's nominated." And you and there's so many dark ones that you haven't watched. Nope, I'm just skipping right on past. So, like, you know what? I will enjoy. I will probably watch the Cliff Notes afterwards. I do love Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, and if anybody can figure out a way to find some new humor in the world of virtual pandemic life, the two of them certainly can. Um, Anything but else? I believe that? it is in person, right? They are going to, you know, parcel some people around the room. They are. I they think do. so. I think so. Well, good luck. I'm not. Good luck at all that shit. <laughs> One of your characters iconically said, um, "Who won a Golden Globe?" The actress who played that character. Yeah. Well, well you got to say your name now that you like. Well, not have Spencer said that as lasagna. Lasagna. In blues yes. Uh Well, as we head into the weekend, tonight's Drag Race is the Corona episode, so it's a non, uh, non-elimination behind-the-scenes episode. I'm very excited for the WandaVision finale. But before we get to that, uh, at 5.30 Pacific, in half an hour, y'all, on my Instagram, 
Uh, Blake and I are going live with Ryan Hadid uh, on Instagram. He has a new one-man show that we watched last night. It's being produced by Woolly Mammoth and Iama Theater Companies uh, that is hysterically funny, insightful, and incredibly thought-provoking. It's called, Hi, Are You Single? And it's the journey of a gay man with a high sex drive and cerebral palsy on his search to find love or a date or at least a hookup. You can get tickets at www.woollymammoth.net. But I'm not kidding. We watched it last night and it was so funny. Um, and it's so honest and it's so like he's not perfect in his own journey. And they shot it during the pandemic. Like they shot it in a theater. It's just masks at a few spaced out seats. It's just like the production company and the staff at the theater. So he has a few laughs and he's done it on tour for like two years. So like shooting it, it's like six It's like if we did six characters and only had like six people there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's really great. But uh, to join my Instagram and come and chat and watch. It's He's going on dates with people as promotion for the show and it ends on Sunday. So these are the last few days to watch it. Uh, but so Blake and I will be his first couple to go on a date with. Oh, so that's kind of cute. That's cute. Do you have fun? Anything fun besides teaching this weekend? No, got- I have my, Caroline Shores is coming in. We got all guys. She's uh, going wedding shop, wedding dress shopping, and I'm going to f- get to FaceTime while she's doing that. It's going to be a very exciting weekend. Is Rebecca going to run like the camera? Like, look, what do you think of this one? I think so. I think that's the way it's going to be. It's like so the short episode. Because of pandemic, only one person can go with her to try on dresses. It's like the Shores online episode of Say Yes to the Dress. Yes, there you go. Y'all should save some of those videos. Please take us on the journey. We should, we should, uh, we do, we should do Instagram Live or something. You should do a little bit. Just let everybody say hi. I'm so glad. Good for that's very exciting for her and for you and for y'all and everybody else. Yeah, I'm excited about that. So you know, just hanging out and watching Drag Race tonight. I was, uh, I, I was, I was looking forward to someone being eliminated since last week. Nobody was either. I know it's like they they're usually 12 episode seasons and they gave them 16. And I think that was because knowing pandemic content. So that's part of why they're dragging it out, dragging it out. I see what you did there. That's hilarious. (laughs) But it's funny when people complaining, I'm like, I don't want less of this TV show. I don't either. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, Well, we've come to the end of our show, y'all. We do appreciate those of you that tip Arthur Jackson for your generous contribution. Zana, if you want to send us a tip, you can do that on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. It's oh, there was this story I was thinking of, Emerson. No. Yes, tell it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh-huh. I always do that at the end of the show and you chastise me. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, y'all. It, 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 the beginning of the show, the middle of the show, it doesn't matter. I think, oh, we're right on time and I'll just wrap this up. And then you go, oh, da, 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 da. And like, nope, there he goes, three more minutes. Well, I appreciated that you have let us talk a little more instead of just jamming 450 stories in each show. <laughs> what you say, I, I, I received that compliment. You're welcome. Thank you all for joining us today. This has been fun. And y'all have a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Truly, be kind to yourselves, be kind to each other. Rob said, bake something in that Easy Bake Oven. I, you still haven't. Oh, I need to do that, Rob. You're right. I have it. It's sitting in the other room right now on my table. Promises, promises. 
Have a delightful weekend, however you spend it, and we will see y'all on Tuesday. Bye. Bye-bye now. <laughs> <laughs>